You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. How's that hot milk, Christian? So good. Pretty good. Well worth the wait? So worth the wait. Again, I will take you back there. Good. I want to know. I want to learn how much I'm supposed to heat it up. I want to get it just right for you. 15, 20 seconds. You know, there's, there's you have those the four options, right? You got to get the the medium sized coffee, right? It always gives you enough room. Cream in there, huh? Honestly, you don't have that much cream in there to alter the temperature of your coffee. Oh, sure you do. Put it in cold. I'm telling you, it gets colder. I've been doing this for years. Put it in a gallon. <laughs> it's half. It's basically half a cup, and this isn't like it's a big cup, Lou. I mean. Plenty more Patriots talk coming up at the top of the hour. I do want to get to an NBA story that really struck my interest yesterday. And joining us right now to discuss for the first time in a long time, it's been too long, Jackie McMullen back with us, courtesy of Shaw's Supermarkets, Met Life, and Bob's Discount Furniture. Jackie from ESPNBoston.com and ESPN. Jackie, how are you? It's good to talk to you again. How you been? Yeah, Tim. How are you, my dear? We're doing fine. We're doing well. I was really surprised, especially based on what I had heard before the vote was taken in the NBA, that we actually saw that the NBA decided to not go with the new format, the new idea that was presented to uh, have the draft lottery avoid tanking. I thought that was going to be a lock, and here the vote comes. It happens yesterday. 17 to 13, majority yes, but at the same time, it didn't pass. I was stunned by that. Were you surprised? I was surprised um, because, you know, we had all heard and thought that there was enough votes for this to go through. I think what happened was probably not the worst thing, by the way, probably a little prudent. I think teams started to think, you know what, what's the rush? This is a big change we're going to make. Let's really see it through. Let's make sure there's no loopholes that we haven't thought of. Let's revisit this, and I think they will do that at the All-Star game. And so I do think this will eventually go through, but I think there was just a little bit of like, all right, wait a minute, Why? what's the big rush here? We've had the system in place for a while, and, and I know nobody, you know, people don't like the current system, but I always remind everybody the, the team that ended up with the worst record, only three times in 21 years did they end up with the number one pick. You know, Jackie, I hear that. I get that. I guess I'm wondering why, though, what would be the reason to not vote for it if it helps avoid tanking and everything we saw last year and might see again this year with a lot of teams that are bad and looking for the number one pick? What would be the negative to it? Well, all right. Well, let's, let's take the Philadelphia 76ers, for instance, okay? Mm-hmm. You, may, you may like what they, they're doing. You may not like it. But they're operating within the rules as constituted, aren't they? They're operating within the rules in front of them. That's how they got Noel. That's how they got Embiid. And they're going to be bad again. They're waiting for Sark to come over for Europe. So they have looked at the system as it exists and made a decision on how they want to rebuild their franchise. And now, overnight, you're going to change that completely? Is that really right? I'm not sure it is. So I'm in favor of changing the lottery system. But I think you need to say it's going to happen a year from now. I don't think you can do it immediately because teams have been making decisions and operating the way they've been operating under the current system with the current rules in place. For Take the Celtics, for instance, last year. Of course, the lottery didn't work out for them. It never seems to, does it? Mm-hmm. But if you had changed this rule last year and the Celtics were, you know, in essence tanking, uh, and then all of a sudden they end up with the same chance as someone that just missed the playoffs, yeah, every, they would have a right to be pretty indignant, don't you think? 
Well, I, I guess, but it's, I'm also indignant just as a fan to see a team yeah. lose on purpose. You know, I, I hear what you're saying, and I know the argument that you're making, Jackie, is that you can't change horses in midstream, but at the same time, you're just not supposed to lose on purpose either. But see, I don't think the Celtics lost on purpose. I've said this a hundred times, and I'll say it a hundred more. They didn't lose on purpose. Every single night when Brad Stevens went out there and the players he put on the floor went out there, they were trying to win basketball games. The tanking, if you will, happened way before that. It happened when they decided to move on from Garnett and Pierce and trade them for future prospects. The tanking happened when they didn't go out and try to sign a veteran free agent that was going to cost them a lot of money because they knew it wouldn't make sense down the road. Once the team was in place and you have a brand-new coach who's trying to establish himself in this league, they tried to win every game every single night. They just did the way it was constituted, they didn't have the talent to do so. I think there's a big difference there, and it's an important distinction. Yeah, and I think I wonder too, Jackie, if that's, you know, it's obviously still not still the case, I think, with this team here, right? Rajon Rondo might be back opening day. Great. If he's not, he's holding back in game three, four, five. Who knows, right? But right. Is it, are we in the same boat as last year? Is this team a more talented team? You think they can win more games, or, or where are we with I this team? They- you know, I think they can win more games, but, but I think everybody's getting a little carried away from a 5-3 and three preseason in which they kept playing uh, the New Jersey Nets, who didn't have Brooke Lopez, didn't have Kevin Garnett, uh, Darren Williams and Joe Johnson didn't play last night. So I think, I think what I saw in the preseason that would make me excited as a Celtics fan is the idea of this motion offense, moving the ball, stretching the floor, because when you don't have an inside presence, when you don't have a lot of pure scores, and they don't have either of those things, that's what you need to do. You need to stretch the floor, and you use a, the three-point shot, which I've, you know, Larry Bird always called it a gimmick. He's right, but if you're a team that's under-talented in terms of scoring, you're smart to play that way. Yeah, you mentioned it, just the offense, that, that whole Brad Stevens philosophy, that fast-paced, aggressive defense, you know, but, but it relies a lot on the depth of the team just in order to go in and out of the game. And do they have sure. that depth? Is, is this team set up for that? Well, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? I mean, Rondo, first of all, uh, you know, the most interesting thing about Rondo coming back to me is one of the, the criticisms that he's endured here over the last year and a half, even two years, is this idea of dominating the ball, pounding the ball, pounding the ball, dominating the ball. He can't do that if they're going to run this motion offense. I do think Rondo's at his best in transition and when that pace is fast, but he's got to commit to that. So uh, do they have the depth? I, you know, depth for what, Right depth to contend for a championship? Absolutely not. Depth to contend for the playoffs? I'm skeptical. Uh, my pal Brian Scalabrini has already got him fighting for the eighth playoff spot. You know, do the math. I don't see how that works out. They're not that good. Yeah, and I'm not sure they are that good, which which means probably Rajon Rondo does dominate a lot of the talk, I think, around here. Is, you know, is he going to be traded midway? Is he going to just let this thing run out? Is he going to resign here? I mean, I I would imagine that Danny Ainge will be listening from day one, the minute Rondo steps on the court and shows people he's healthy, from anyone and anyone. I mean, not going to just give him away, but if there's something out there, they move this guy. Yeah, I suppose so. I, I've thought all along that he plays out this year. He has a great year, and you've heard Danny say that a hundred times, that he thinks Rondo's set up to have a great year. So do I. It behooves him to have that great year, and it behooves the Celtics. It's, this is a you know partnership here, and I've, I've thought that at the end of the year, uh, you know, you're looking at a possible sign and trade. I suppose if they made giant, unexpected strides, maybe you can convince Rondo to sign back on for this. But you know, he's 28 years old. He's uh, he's kind of in a point now where people are starting to wonder. GMs ask me this question: 
is he a little injury prone? And that's that's a knock that he doesn't want. So he's got to come out and have, play a full season, be healthy, show people what he can do, remind them why he was one of those you know top ten point guards in the league, and then you know try to go out and win a championship. I think that's what matters to him. I also think he likes the idea of a of a big market. Uh, you know, he's done a pretty good job of uh, of handling that, marketing himself. So though, I think those things are important to Rondo. I don't think that's at odds with what the Celtics need. They need to have a good season, and they need him to get them there. Jackie McMullen with us from ESPNBoston.com. To expand on that then, Jackie, which you talked about the reputation of him being injury-prone, uh, how do you think GMs across the league are then reading this freakish injury that he got during the offseason, however it happened, and right. applying it to their thoughts on Rondo, especially since it seems to be that he's trying to come back as fast as humanly possible? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't. We have to take him at his word. I'm going to take him at his word till someone shows me evidence to the contrary. We, we all are born to be uh, skeptical in these matters, and I understand that completely. But unless you have some evidence to show me, for now we've got to operate under the assumption that it happened just the way he said it did. Uh, I don't think Rondo's injury-prone. I really don't. I think he's had some bad luck here. Uh, but I do think that the way he plays, and he plays really hard, and he penetrates, he falls hard, he may have to, he may have to take a look at that and, make some adjustments. So, Jackie, uh, you're really, saying we should we should believe Rondo about slipping in the shower the same way Christian wants us to believe that his nephew really <laughs> fell down the stairs chasing his dog for the Detroit Lions. I know. I hear you. I hear you. They both sound silly. and, and But I, true, I, right, I, Jackie? Well, I mean, until, until <laughs> silly but have, true. Yeah, until you have evidence to the contrary, uh, I don't know if it's fair to – I mean, we can speculate and we can question. I suppose that's fair. But I don't – I can just tell you what – I'm a, I'm a reporter. I have nothing. I have not um, accumulated anything that tells me anything differently from that story. If it's out there, I haven't found it. Maybe somebody has, and somebody will, and, and, and we won't be shocked, will we? Well, uh, I'm, what, I'm just trying to be fair. Well, I think it, all he needed was a little puppy, and then the court of public opinion would have eased off of him and said, oh, look at that poor little cute little puppy. What oh, was the it puppy doing in the shower? Complete, well, he was giving the dog a bath, oh, you know, okay. a shower right. instead of a... All right, so Jackie... Oh, <laughs> I love it! My girl right there. Hey, so Marcus Smart, James Young, two rookies. Have you seen anything that you would lead you to believe that these guys can make a difference uh, on the team this year? I mean, you, obviously you saw him in college. You know, you, you did a great right. article about Marcus Smart, his attitude, his work ethic, his, his way of playing, his way of attacking the basket. Have you seen that translate so far in the short period of time that they've been playing for the Celtics? Well, we don't know what James Young, he missed almost all the preseason with that hamstring. Um, you know, it was fun to watch him get out there last night. I thought he played loose and free. He, um, you can see his, his obvious skill set, especially on the offensive end of the floor. You can also see that he is nowhere near ready to defend anybody on an NBA level. So I expect that he'll spend some time in Maine with the, with the D-League. Um, Marcus Smart, defensively, it's exactly what we hoped. He really gets after it. And, you know, the idea of watching him and Avery Bradley terrorize a backcourt is pretty fun to me. But offensively, I've been a little disappointed in what I saw until last night. I thought last night uh, he attacked the basket more. He had some nice backdoor cuts working a give-and-go game with Wallace. Up until last night, guys, 30 of his 36 shots in preseason were three-pointers. That just isn't a good idea. Mm. Not when you're shooting 26%, okay? So that makes no sense to me. And it looked to me as though if Brad Stevens talked to him about that because he attacked the game very differently last night against an undermanned Nets team. Jackie, I've been waiting to ask you this question because you know everything NBA. Um, 
How long has the NBA and fans been complaining about length of games <laughs> in the NBA? Because I can't recall anyone saying that the NBA yeah, game is I'm, too long. I'm so glad you're saying this, Lou, because I was laughing. I'm like, we're complaining about a two-minute and 12 basketball game. Right. When I spend four, you know, seven hours and, and 48 minutes watching the Red Sox play the Yankees, are you kidding me? <laughs> Like, has, it, has it been an issue? Why, why even think about this? Is, is, I'm trying to figure I'm out. You. I'm totally with you. Uh, the, the whistles, I think there are too many whistles at times uh, that you know interrupts the flow of play. I, I, I can subscribe to that. But, yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, the, baseball should be having uh, their own czar to overlook the length of their games. And we know why that is. It's the Red Sox fault because Moneyball, they start taking pitches. Blame Kevin Euclid, blame, blame Billy Bean. But wrong sport. I'm with you a thousand percent on this. All right. I also want to ask you too, because you have a uh, article coming out on Kurt Schilling, I believe, yes, I the do. next couple of days. I do. Yep. And today or tomorrow, I would guess I'll post it. Yep. What, very, what, very what should we expect with that? What? Very compelling. And you know, you guys, I think you heard a little bit about on your own broadcast. Jerry and John, of course, had a great interview with Kurt during the um, mm-hmm. the, the Dana Farber, um, you know, marathon that you guys do the great work you do for that. Um, but this, I, you know, I just sat down with Kurt and. Uh, and went through what the last two years have been like for him. And, uh, you know, for anyone that considers dipping, after you read this story, uh, I wonder if you still will. And, and the most, some of the most compelling stuff to me was, you know, Kurt, I'm sitting there talking to Kurt, and after everything he's been through, and it pretty much will, um, you know, it'll detail to that pretty closely, you know, he, he admitted to me, right now, I still want to dip. I still think about it right now. He has no salivary glands, and he still wants to dip pretty unbelievable what that addiction is smokeless tobacco has done to major league baseball and people like kurt Schilling. jack we'll look forward to that read thank you so much for coming on with us again good speaking with you all right guys have a good week thanks jackie Jackie mcmullen again brought to us by shaw supermarkets metlife and bob's discount furniture when we come back to start the noon hour we'll circle back to some of the darrell revis conversation and that tom brady talk that got people fired up we'll do that at noon and Jarrett payton is going to join us at 12 30 walter's son Former product of the U. Mm. That's a college football reference. You'll <laughs> oh, be on like, with us. You know it. Don't point to me. Oh, that's right. You know it. You, you know it. Uh, Jared will be on with us to preview the Bears. Thanks, he's, Warren Sapp. He's going to play Syracuse. Huh? I think they're playing Syracuse this weekend. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. 937 WEI. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.